don't don't let wearing? them don't let them hear you cry don't let what them you hear wearing? you cry um, what are you wearing what am i wearing um my workout clothes i'm gonna go on a run after this um it's may the fourth and you're just gonna wear work work clothes that's it no, no, no. I mean, I got um, Star Wars to the nines. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have a limited, can't buy it anywhere else anymore, <laughs> um, Under Armour Star Wars shirt that I work out in. Um, as As um, listeners are aware, Josh and I are minimalists. Um, Josh is a minimalist. He literally got rid of all of his Legos because he said, I don't need these anymore. I want to I want to live a minimalist lifestyle. Sure. And that's kind of how I take buying Star Wars things, right? Like mm-hmm. today with this like Star Wars day, may the force be with you, Josh, obviously. May the force be with you, Pete. And from our multinational podcast LLC to yours, may the force be with you. Yeah, and there's a lot out there. There's a lot of deals out there. People are getting stuff left and right. But for me, oh, right. I um, I just don't the whole like big print of like some scene from the movie mm-hmm. or a play on words or something. It's just never really been my thing. I just kind of like a mm-hmm. um, toned down kind of uh, Star Wars memorabilia and swag. I think that the mm-hmm. um, flashiest thing I have is when I flex the po boys sweater and shirt. Um, <laughs> very flashy. But other than that, I'm not trying to throw it in people's face. Why, you know? Oh, I like Star Wars. Oh, you don't? Oh, this is awkward. So I, on the other hand, literally have a gold C3PO hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you got that at Chicago? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't wear it that often. It's too big for me, and it's very hot. Yeah, I I still wear the long sleeve Rebel uh, shirt. The, oh, like, nice. the like rugby jersey thing I wear that often mm-hmm. But a lot of that ce- Not to throw Celebration under the bus But they trash right now Because they're not just canceling <laughs> it Still And we'll Just reschedule I can't but wonder if they just Wanted to Keep Schrodinger's cat of it all A mystery Through Star Wars Day And then now that this is past us They'll um, Finally I mean, do it it definitely would not be of, of the days to announce it. It definitely would not be the day to announce it. If they were going to move it on star Wars day, um, mm-hmm. be kind of like a terrible move. Like, Oh, by the way, happy star Wars day. And we're moving celebration. Um, yeah. it would be a responsible move, but a lot of that stuff is not really good material. Like the, mm-hmm. the stuff I got from like, yeah, uh, when we went to Orlando, I don't like most, a lot of that stuff is like fraying and it's not like I wear it often. Really? But, yeah, it, I think it's the the shirts that I got the like custom shirts that you can make. Right, and that's a different quantity or quality because you yeah you got like screen printed ones that you made to order there. Yeah, that had like like exclusive Orlando screen prints, which mm-hmm. I'm not like a collector by any stretch of the imagination, but that really wasn't worth it for me. Mm-hmm. So Josh, um. You had previously said that you weren't going to partake in Star Wars Day because you already got Episode Nine on vinyl. Well, hold on. I didn't say I wasn't going to partake, but yeah, I mean, I didn't have anything I was jonesing to buy, and I 
Let's see. This is twofold. Let's talk about what I did end up doing first. Oh, really? Okay. And so you got you actually got something. My hot take on Star Wars Day. I did. Uh, I was looking through my Amazon cart and realized I've had a pre-order for the art of Star Wars Rebels sitting there for months and months and months. So <laughs> I went ahead and pre-ordered that. Um, that felt stupid. And it all felt very we're gonna weird. Get, we're going to get to Rebels later, too. We're going to get to Rebels. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Um, so I thought about it a little further and uh, and. St- Instead of, well, I already pre-ordered something, but I uh, <clears throat> made a donation on behalf of the Poe Boys to the Riley Howell Foundation Fund. Okay. Which is a charity that uh, helps victims of gun violence. Riley Howell's the UNC student who charged at a, a gunman at a shooting there last year um, and saved some of his fellow students. Uh and he, he ended up dying in the process. Um, he was a very big Star Wars fan and was canonized by Pablo Hidalgo in one of the visual dictionaries. Interesting. They made him into a Jedi. Oh, they made um, him. Do- oh, I don't know if I would like that. He's like the, the Jedi. All, like maybe if you make. Well, it is about you. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about it from the perspective of like, if you are turned into a Star Wars character to be a mm-hmm. Jedi. I mean, maybe this person loved Jedi, which is cool. Like, I would obviously want to be a Jedi, too. But then you get wiped out at a certain point. Like, Order 66, you're done. <laughs> well, he they made him into a Jedi historian. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Who was, Historians don't get... He, he's, he is one of the figures who contributes to the compiled texts that Luke Skywalker has amassed. Oh, okay. So he's part of the ancient Jedi texts. Yes. That's, really, that's cool. I like that. Yep, 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 yep. So that was my contribution to the May the 4th effort. Um, I looked at, you know, just to see what folks had. You know, I went and looked on her universe and stuff and uh, various other stars-related sites. I kept hoping Mondo might have something, but I don't know that they participate every year, which is fine. Uh, I ultimately ended up, my big takeaway was... You know, it's May the 4th, is Star Wars Day, which I think is a day that's important for, for bringing all Star Wars fans together and letting us celebrate the facets of this show and the TV and the yada yada and what we all like. And it's about unity and, you know, all being friends. And so I just have to ask, is Baby Yoda basic as hell? Um, no, I'm... I'm out here looking... I, I don't... You mean a little we Yanni? Got, we got Baby Yoda backpacks. You got... Your little baby Yoda cooler. You've got a baby Yoda little statue of every little pose he ever did. You got a baby Yoda Funko with the with the cup. Right, right. And I, I cannot help but wonder, is baby Yoda basic as hell? I think it's definitely they... permeated pop culture for sure, and that there are probably yeah. millions of people out there that are rolling around with baby Yoda swag. And have absolutely which is fine. Have absolutely no idea what the context of it is. That there's a Yoda. That <laughs> you think that there's people who do not know who Yoda is. Yeah, who are hundred percent. A hundred percent. I am obviously never gonna yuck someone's yum in terms of that. And you know, Baby Yoda's fun, and the merch is fun, and you know, you celebrate Star Wars how you want to celebrate Star Wars. There's this yuck and jest. We're yucking and jest. Yeah, there's a there's a scene in the show The Office where that character Andy is very into Dave Matthews, and they're at a roller rink, 
And he goes up to DJ and he's like, play some Dave Matthews. Deep cuts, though. Deep cuts. Only deep cuts. And the guy puts on Ants Marching. Okay. Hmm? Uh, is that, and, is that uh, a big song from Dave Matthews? Yeah, it's like the, it's the single biggest Dave Matthews song. Or it's like it's like the equivalent of like as a Bruce Springsteen fan, like dancing in the dark. Like dancing in the dark's like oh, kind of a basic Bruce Springsteen song. Deep cuts, uh, Thunder Road, Thunder Road. Yeah, nothing deeper than Thunder Road. Uh, and I, I get I get that kind of vibe. They're really uh they're really pushing baby Yoda. They're really pushing baby Yoda. Well they're in danger of making him basic. Do you remember Or it or she, who knows? We were applauding them mm-hmm. for not rolling out the baby Yoda merch. Yeah. Until the show was done so that people, you know, were surprised. You know, um we had gotten the information, you know, well in advance, um, being on on the right. set and being mm-hmm. in some of those um CCs, BCCs of the production. But Oh my gosh, the things we get BCC'd on for people trying to curry favor with us is so so ridiculous. And a lot of times like, when they BCC too, it's like, yeah, we know we're not the only person that this was sent to. Okay, like right. this isn't a personalized thing. This is you trying to get and curry favor with the Tano boys. Yeah, or you know, like Pete, I can't remember. Maybe it was last week or the week before we had that email come through. As George was emailing Kathy. Uh, George Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, he, he was shooting an email to her, kind of just a, hey, you know, keep up the good work. You know, I'm proud of what you're doing with uh, my my creation and the galaxy. Boy, you know, that, that Johnny app is doing a good job of Mandalorian. I wish you would listen to what Pete and Josh had to say a little more, but I'm proud nonetheless. And then he BCCs us on his like, I don't need this, George. Like, I don't need to know. Like, I know the quality of Pete and I's observations and discourse on Star Wars. I don't need you to tell me it'd be nice if John Favreau listened to our advice more. Like, I know the quality of my advice. And, you know, George, so it's just, you know, actions speak louder than words. Well, it's Don't al- try and curry favor it, with me also, with your little emails. It's also, George, like, we understand... And we love where, you, George. Where we're but... at in terms of mm-hmm. our impact in the Star Wars um, universe and the Star Wars writing and production. Why don't you throw some of that praise in the direction of people that really need it? You know, why don't you throw that to Jet? Mm-hmm. All right? Um, your son, J- Big George. Yeah. All right? Sure. <laughs> um, nobody's talking about Jet also surviving, uh, not surviving, but having some forethought <laughs> in Order 66. You know, he tried to hide behind a chair. Ahsoka happened to, you know, do a little bit more, and it worked out for her. But, um, yeah, watch. I don't think you know who Jet Lucas's character is in that movie. I absolutely do not. I thought he was the little kid. Okay. <laughs> he's the one He's the one who gets killed in front of Bail Organa. He does a few flips, and he has a lightsaber and everything. Oh, yeah, I like that kid. Mm-hmm. I have not met Jet Lucas before. Um, oh, you didn't want to pay I, $60 to meet George Lucas's son? I have. Well, <laughs> at, at your dip fest, I do not know who I talked to then. Because I thought it was Jet, oh, uh, Jet sure. Lucas, but uh, turns no, out... No, 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 no. That was Jet the band. Oh, okay. I don't know how they got in there. They were somebody's plus five. So, I, for Star Wars Day, um, I wanted to get something from her universe. Um, mm-hmm. I've had this my eye on um, the Anakin. The, <laughs> I actually, the I actually was going to get the Tano sweatpants, but Hell the Tano yeah. shirt... <laughs> It just like I kept clicking the unisex button, but that shirt is <laughs> clearly 
for women? And I was like, I was like, why do you have unisex pants, but not the shirt? And so mm-hmm. I kept being like, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? Um, I ended up not. I wanted the Anakin hoodie, like the sleeveless, the, the short sleeve hoodie. Okay. Uh, something to run in. Mm-hmm. But I and probably like a couple of thousand people had the same idea. So like the night before it was in stock and then after it after, you know, starting today, like I would have to be like a double XL for me to get it. Uh-huh. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to like throw some money into Star Wars. So I and I've done this once before. I mean, Star Wars needs it. They, I mean, now more than ever. They, they definitely do need it. If you look at Disney stock. Um, mm-hmm. Money Man Cody, who's been on the pod before, said you should actually invest in it. I'm not so sh- sure right now, <laughs> but I'm just you know I'm just trying to throw money out there, not specifically sure. just to Disney, but to the the creators as well. So I found um, you know I Josh and I are both um, prof- hashtag professional boys, hashtag business boys, and I have to wear big hashtag business boys. And a lot of times, you know, when we're wheeling and dealing, you know, talking about PPEs and CPEs and um, price to yields and doing stonks mm-hmm. and acquiring assets mm-hmm. left and right, you don't do that mm-hmm. in a tank top. MSRP. MSRP, um, NASDAQ. And you don't do that wearing um, tank tops, muscle shirts. Because you intimidate the clients, you intimidate who you're trying to intimidate. But we try to do that in different ways. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I we wear a lot of ties, a lot of form fitting um, business suits and shirts. And mm-hmm. I just decide to you know there's this Etsy creator that makes Star Wars ties. I got like a Jedi Order one, which is pretty cool. The the symbol that's on um, Obi Wan's um, shoulder pads throughout the show, mm-hmm. um, which looked pretty cool. So. I um, just bought that on Etsy and then be, you know, flexing that at some of our board meetings come uh, Q2. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, I can't wait for Q2. I have um, a lot of power clashing I'm going to do. Intr- oh, oh, whoa, whoa. Spoilers, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. I, I want to be surprised, so we won't talk any more about that. Sure, sure. Um, let's get into the announcements that happened today. We got some yeah. big, big announcements. Um, yeah. Josh, the the first one, um, and I think this is so funny. I I was kind of cackling. Um, they announced that Taika Waititi is directing the next Star Wars movie. Directing and co-writing, yeah, feature co-writing film. with. Um, the name is escaping me right now. Yeah, I'm pulling up the announcement right now. She uh, co-wrote 1917. But she is the first um, female screenwriter for star Wars. christy wilson cairns she's the first female screenwriter for films in star wars right yeah i would imagine so which is pretty good um we were taika boys you know we've um had you know some good conversations with him um Mm -hmm. he is exactly what you would imagine you see him at these award shows that's what he's like in person Mm -hmm. very very um fun guy I told my mother, yeah, and it's not, it's not, I, I don't care that my girlfriend seems to love him so much and think he's so attractive. I don't care about that at all. Yeah. And he's, he's a good guy. So he wouldn't, you know, like he, he sure. would be very polite about it. Um, mm-hmm. and he would talk to you first and <laughs> Taika. So Taika <laughs> is this guy, he directed, um, Jojo rabbit. 
and my mom is Jojo a rabbit. My, what we do in the shadows, hunt for the wilder people. Okay, and okay, 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 okay. So Beth Thor Ragnarok. So I tell I tell my mom today because she's been watch she's watched Jojo Rabbit like fifteen Eagle times since this whole quarantine started. Fifteen times. Mm-hmm. Okay, she bought it's the good movie. she bought the book. She bought the poetry that's based that's mm-hmm. based off of it. She's absolutely obsessed wow. with this movie. And it's a good one. Then I tell my mom because you know she likes Taika Waititi. Like, hey, he's he's directing the next Star Wars movie, and she says he's so good. Jojo Rabbit, Black Panther, and I'm like, <laughs> you mean Thor Ragnarok? And she's like, yeah, same thing. And I'm like, uh, wow. <laughs> okay, well, um, wow. I'm, you know, you can be excited, but I'm reeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know yeah so that that's the first one um they is this the trilogy like he's starting a new trilogy or is this a standalone do we have any information on that feature film no 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 details which is probably i mean it's exciting and i believe it granted that he's already been involved in stars before that being said how long ago did they announce that ryan johnson was doing another trilogy you know Colin Trevorrow, Game of Thrones fellas. Yeah, um, but Ryan Johnson. It sounds. Cloud it's, has I'm risen very up. excited. Hmm? Ryan Johnson of those three that you you know listed, his his name and popularity. Like, sure, there's a bunch of like he, um, Star Wars fans that are you know huge Last Jedi haters. I would say that the Last Jedi mm-hmm. stands are like much much louder out there, but. He's been getting a lot of good publicity after um, Knives Out, for sure. Oh, for sure. But nonetheless, Star Wars doesn't, you know, the Disney era of Star Wars doesn't have a great track record of of retaining talent, whether they are, you know. And, and to be fair, you know, Ryan Johnson's trilogy still, they're still saying it's a thing. But who knows? That being said, yeah, I mean, Taika Waititi's pretty actively involved in Disney and in Star Wars. So I, you know, I'd be willing to bet that'll probably actually end up happening. I'm curious if we never really talked about this. If Celebration happened, um, would there be a panel showing what the next movie was going to be about? Or would it be like an announcement of... I would have to think yeah. so. Because, I mean, this is... And I guess they haven't necessarily said this is the next movie, but one would think it would... Well, it's also... I don't know, because he's he's directing Thor Blood and Thunder. He's directing Love and Thunder. Um, and that's, that hasn't even started shooting yet. Uh-huh. So this isn't going to be, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. It's still and, two films worth of production away. And it's... it. I would imagine this is like a 2022 for... for like and that's like a I would say at the earliest, at the earliest because I think yeah. I think Love and Thunder is tentatively supposed to be 2022. I know it got moved around um though it may have actually been yeah, it got moved around so I yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and we we don't really know Taika's um background on juggling multiple projects at once. Well, we sort of have an okay idea of it because he's got another movie coming out within the next year or so between Jojo Rabbit and the Mandalorian. He also worked on another feature film. Oh really? With Michael Fassbender about, it's a soccer movie. 
Uh, so he's he's proven pretty prolific, and I mean the turnaround from from Ragnarok to Jojo Rabbit was pretty quick. And again, yeah, this this other movie, the title of which is escaping me at the moment, um, and he's definitely he's definitely working. But yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder is currently scheduled for February 2022. Okay. So, who knows? Yeah, and it seems like did we get we got some information on let's let's transition over to the disney plus shows um Mm -hmm. we also got information for cassie and andor with um four new four new actors that are now attached to that project this came out today uh yes i um it came out on the the stuff with stellan skarsgård and stuff yeah 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 that came out with the star wars the star wars show um, I think over the weekend okay. or something. Gotcha. Um, which was I I you know this just shows the quality of the pod. How I have not loaded this up at all. Oh, okay, so that was like a week ago. Janine Gen- Genevieve O'Reilly, Denise Gao, Stellan Skarsgård, and Kyle Soller. Mm-hmm. Um, who I don't recognize any of these people. Genevieve Morton or whoever was was. Plays Mon Mothma and Rogue Right, right, right. Okay, then, that uh, looks familiar. Stellan Skarsgård is in Deep Blue Sea, which is obviously his most important credit. Stellan Skarsgård. He's got a great. He's got a great name. Oh, this is a guy from Thor. Not, oh yeah, that's <laughs> you know Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, Doctor Selvig. Yeah. Well, in, in my defense, he's not in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and but. also the, he, I, he could be a villain. That'd be he. I can see him as yeah. an Imperial trooper. Oh, for yeah. sure. But granted, we have a like terrible sort of... track record, an absolutely terrible track record of saying whether somebody's a good or a bad guy, like with... Um, right. Famously, we assumed Baby Yoda was a bad guy. Yeah, Little Yanni we thought was a bad guy. And then we also said Hannibal mm-hmm. had to be a bad guy, and then he was this kind of like damaged dad, which was um, a little oh. bit of a trigger, but... Um, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, yeah. so there, there's that information, which is not necessarily Star Wars Day, so I apologize for that. Um, did we get any <laughs> other big announcements today? Uh, I No, I don't think. I mean, the big one on StarWars.com was the Taika TT announcement and the, and the um, co-writer... His name I forgot again. Christy Wilson Cairns. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And then the other additional announcement was there's going to be a new Star Wars Disney Plus series from uh, Leslie Hadlin, who is the showrunner for Russian Doll, which I know a lot of people are into. I haven't watched that show yet. Um, So that's a third, fourth, I guess, Disney Plus show. This this is all from StarWars.com, so, I mean, it's it's as official as you can get. They still make mention of the Obi-Wan show and the Cassian Andor show. Uh, and so they're listing this as the fourth Disney Plus Star Wars show. No information on it um, regarding specifics, just just that uh, Leslie Hadlin will be the showrunner. This information came out from less reputable sources um, over the weekend and over the course of the past week. Uh, but here we have it confirmed. That being said, I mean, we're, we're getting a... 25 minutes in this freaking podcast i think we need to put up and shut up and, and get to the meat of this bad boy yeah all right let's um news 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 boys are done let's get into yeah um the final episode of wow the final episode of star wars clone wars season seven episode 12 
Wow, wow, wow. Was it life and death? Victory, victory and, and victory death. and death. What the heck? It wouldn't be Clone Wars if it wasn't going out with some sort of obtuse nonsense name. What also, in true Clone Wars fashion, was like, let's just focus on the two characters that we've been bringing out of this show, and only those two. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> whatever Easter egg um, sites that are out there are going to be so mad because there are not really references to other things. It's just such a four names, four names in the credits for the voice cast. Oh, four. <laughs> yep. Did, did Vader talk at the end or no? I don't even remember. Okay. Nope. But Dave Filoni voiced a droid. Um, right, what? Right. As it was getting murdered. Beep, boop, ah, ah. Pretty much. Pretty um, much. Yeah, it was, I mean, I left myself wanting and I was like, Really, what did I just watch there? Because I think I had. Yeah. Have you watched it yet? Yeah, I've watched it. OK, no. A second time. I've not watched it a second time. OK. Yeah. So this is um, I watched it once and then I let it sink for like 45 minutes and then I texted you mm-hmm. and it was not the mm-hmm. screaming all caps texts that we've been mm-hmm. exchanging the past couple weeks. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's one of those texts where after something big in your life ends up happening. And I was like, <laughs> huh? Okay. It's the same sort of text I'll send you when I get engaged. <laughs> no punctuation. <laughs> uh, well, I, I took your text to mean, uh, save it for the pod. You know that you were you were you were playing reactions close to the chest. I I didn't assume you were disappointed. I watching it a second time, it dawned on me like, oh yeah, a lot of stuff Pete wanted, he's not gonna get. In here. fact, everything uh, I wanted, I'm, I didn't get. And that's not to say that I didn't oh, okay. enjoy it. Um, right. Okay. And you know, if the intention is to just you know round out, focus on these two characters, and have their story be so focused, so specific, like they did a great job for that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in terms of it, 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 it took a take of not being connecting to the wider Star Wars universe, but instead punching the, right. its ticket as this is something that is unique. This is something that does not have to reference other things because you care. You care about the characters. And that's just kind of the situation that they were going with, which I enjoyed it. Um, there's a couple of moments we'll talk mm-hmm. about. But um, what were your kind of broad takes? Yeah. So I'm of two minds. The first thing I'll say is I, I got up at 530 this morning to watch it oh, wow. early with my my coffee. And I curled up on the couch with a little my little Star Wars blanket uh, and took it all in. I really liked the episode and I thought it was a really pretty solid series finale. Um, I'm, all, I'm all for a thumbs up watching it again. I liked it more. And the ending still has me. It's just like. Last week, when I said uh, we'd be struck by the hysteria of, like, quiet contemplation, I feel like that pretty much nailed it. Uh, the, the thoughts I keep having are, I think endings in fiction tend to be artificial no matter what. Endings always feel a little forced or a little quick or a little curt because that's not how life works. Things don't end like that. You know, events keep moving. Uh-huh. Uh, and so endings are always difficult. And in this case, it's particularly difficult because 
it it they can't even pretend it ends because a the movies continue it would be star wars rebels continues it like so many of these threads are picked up down the line that being said i feel like a lot of what this arc has been about prior to this episode is the idea that they're not ending like this is not a this is not the story of Revenge of the Sith from a different perspective. Like, this is not padding to Anakin's story. They're not telling a different version of Anakin's story. It's its own story. And so to my mind, that would communicate to me that, like, this ending of Clone Wars is going to be an ending for this show. We're telling an end to this story in the same way that I I would have hoped that Rise of Skywalker would have put a little more emphasis on being the end to the sequel trilogy, and a little less emphasis on being an end to the Skywalker saga. Um, and so I, I thought a majority of the episode did a really good job of serving as an ending to the Clone Wars and focusing on the Clone Wars. But then the very end, the last scene we get, didn't feel necessarily like the Clone Wars. Um, I, I thought there would be one more scene. I don't know. I, th- I thought another something would happen. And so that left me... I, I had to think on that one. Watching it again... It's really cool. I like it a lot. Um, it's not what I expected, but I guess when something is not what I expected, but is also just not outright stupid, I really tend to pay attention to it. And stuff that comes out of left field like that, particularly from creators I respect, that I I know I won't look like a fool spending some time thinking about their work, uh, they really tend to fascinate me and and uh, become more of a priority of thought than, you know, maybe if this had ended in a more traditional manner. But it is breathtaking, man. I'm really, uh, I'm really just, I'm sitting with it, man. What? I don't know. It is there wild. were definitely two moments where I was like, oh, crap. I mean, I said something, a different word, but I was like, oh, wow. Um, you said Bantapudu. <laughs> okay, sure. Oh, Bantapudu. There were there were several moments in this where I said, "Well, that's so wizard." That's so wizard, Harry. Um, I <laughs> no, that's not. I don't know if I necessarily want to go scene by scene or section by section. Um, uh, well, let's be honest. There aren't that many scenes. Like this is majority of this episode is an action yeah, sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even a majority of that takes place on the same set. I'm curious. Is this is this also live at, um, motion cap or was that just the throne scene? They're only saying the the throne scene. They're only talking about that fight scene. Um, I mean, I'm sure in the days to come, Dave Filoni will probably do an inter- interview with Entertainment Weekly and they'll probably release more behind the scenes stuff. But they haven't said that it's um, any kind of. Okay, so let, anything, let's so let's get know. into the first thing I want to talk about, which is. Mm-hmm how Ahsoka is a person that still is sticking to her moral code. And Mm -hmm. this is something that she applies through rebels and on of sticking to some of her Jedi ideals. So at one point Rex is like, we got to kill him. Like they're going to try and kill us. Yeah. You know, I, I, these are my brothers, but he, he treats that as if he's kind of being selfish when he's crying under his mask. And there's that really emotional moment where like Ahsoka realizes what's, what's happening to him. Yeah, that was intense. And that was a very touching moment. I don't really, I mean, I think Ahsoka and Rex 
both knew that they, all the clones were all going to die because the ship was, you know, going into the atmosphere. But just the fact that mm-hmm. she wasn't willing to be the one that ended their life. Yeah. Um, was extremely powerful. And it just kind of is something that you don't really see from different portrayals of Order 66. So I'm thinking of like the Fallen Order where Master T'Pol is like killing in the background as you're like going through the different shafts. And like the scene that I'm thinking of specifically is when he lifts somebody up and kills them, whereas Ahsoka just lifts them up to knock them out and then just kind of moves Mm -hmm. on from there. Um, And it was... Which, and I mean, not to say that T'Pol is a villain at all in that moment. I mean, they're they're gonna kill him. Rex is right. They're gonna kill him. But yeah, it speaks very highly of Ahsoka that she she takes the Luke Skywalker path, tosses the lightsaber away. Yeah, and you know. not that there's really been this hint of her embracing the dark side at any point. Um, there's never been like a... Wow. Okay. Um, well, here, here's the thing I will say, and not I agree, Um there's that weird stuff on Mortis, but I will say that there's a moment in this episode, which I was getting chills okay. during, where Maul is escaping in that shuttle, and she grips that shuttle, and she's using the force to hold it in place. And you can, it's as Star Wars fans, I think we're so conditioned at this point to know what comes next with that force struggle is some sort of insane tapping into aggressive force energy and just being like, no. I won't allow this to happen, a la Rey in, in episode nine, when she's doing essentially the same thing and holding that carrier with Chewie uh-huh. and struggling and she's struggling. And eventually she loses control and she shoots the lightning and, and she sort of her aggression and her emotions leave her to tap into that dark side. And you can see it in this episode. You can see the moment on Ahsoka's face where she realizes, no, and she lets it go. Yeah, I, I hadn't I hadn't thought of it that you way. Know, and she's she's right up to the edge. She's right up to the point where you would expect her to just like go super saiyan and smash that shuttle and really just tap into a next level of, of power. But she doesn't, she stops herself and she, she lets it, she and lets it go. She has restraint throughout the episode, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you think of how easy Maul is just mowing through people and she could do the same thing. Like mm-hmm. they are not doing a strategy of hunting her. They're having her come to them. And at various points, mm-hmm. she manipulates it so there's only eight of them or ten of them that she's fighting at once because she has the droids, you know, mm-hmm. do that, like, bouncy platform thing, which was hilarious, where it's like, oops. That was good. It was like whack-a-mole. It was like whack-a-mole with clones. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh. R.I.P. R7. Yeah, that was. R7 IP. Um, all of them. It, you know, I was like, oh, man, mm-hmm. like that, that sucks that you go through all of this and then you just kind of get gunned down just like the Jedi. Yeah. Well, just in case the kids weren't taking Order 66 hard enough, you really want to make sure that you show like the gaping hole in R7. Yeah. And that you have the clones, you know, you know, just unload on those two droids. Yeah, <laughs> that is definitely true. And they're like, do like a comedic like, uh oh, sorry. And then they just immediately get blown away. Yep. Um, um, the the Ahsoka helmets become very distressing as this goes on. Like, she's being hunted by people wearing her face. Yeah, yeah. 
That's just a whole other level of distress in terms of this whole betrayal. And let's get into the scene that I was asking for last episode of the Ahsoka being like, chill, chill. I'm not a Jedi. I'm not a Jedi. And Rex has, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, she out, has the out. same idea that she uses Rex to do. And they're not buying it. They're like, mm-hmm. no, pretty clear. No. You know, Darth Sidious was pretty clear. And they say that again. You need. To- well, they. They say that Ahsoka Tano is a special order from Darth Sidious. Yeah, which makes a hundred, which makes complete sense. Yeah, and so I go. I went back to last week's episode, and I mean, I'll, I guess the implication is there's more to the conversation Rex has with Sidious than we're seeing because we just we see the his you know old man mouth say or execute or sixty six, and Rex says yes, Darth Sidious. So clearly, there's there's. Uh, some some previous stuff happening in that conversation that we weren't privy to. It also makes you think, like, was that information also given to Jesse beforehand? Um, probably not, because they would have immediately cornered her before Rex got the information. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure it got to Rex, because Rex is in charge. And he, you know, in the order to say, I, I rewatched episode three after watching this today. And, he, yeah, I mean, he hits up all the, you know, he hits up Cody. He doesn't hit up, you know, Joe Schmo on Utapau. Now... So I imagine he's the one who got the order. We only get one named clone, which is Jesse. Yeah. Um, we did not get Wolf. Who, a few weeks ago, I had said is in the movies, and I was wrong. Just leave me alone. Not that anyone has said anything, but he was not in the movies. I was because mistaken. Because people make mistakes, and, you know, our leagues and leagues of listeners understand that. Yeah, I was just testing Um, that. But we don't see Wolf, and we don't see... Gregor. Gregor, yeah, Gregor, who are the two clones from Star Wars Rebels that are with him. So mm-hmm. that was a little interesting. Um, I guess at some point he'll convince them. Yeah, at some point a lot of stuff's got to happen. <laughs> yeah, and it also looks like in that Rebels episode, he still has his accommodation. So none of this information of him becoming a traitor ended up getting out of that. So it seems like it was just they all died trying to escape. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the scenes that I wanted are just things that I, I, I just want more Ahsoka, more Rex, right? Like, yeah. I want to yeah. know where she went right after. You know, they're on that Y-Wing. Where do they go? Right. Like, she's obviously not going to Coruscant. Right. Um, You know, where is she fleeing? What's that conversation where Rex is like, where are we going? And she's like, no, Rex, you can't go with me. What does he do? Mm-hmm. You know, he's out on his own for the first time. He's never made money or anything. All he's done is be a commander. What does that look like? But that's just yeah. like, a, you know, wanting not wanting the show to end, enjoying these characters way too mm-hmm. much. So I, you know... There's mm-hmm. no I I was going to be disappointed no matter what in terms of that. Not that I'm disappointed. Mm hmm. But sure. But yeah, I mean, parting is such sweet sorrow. And uh, yeah, I'm see. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally just sitting here in stunt silence. still thinking about about the ending The there's two scenes. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that that was cool. The one mm-hmm. is when they're getting surrounded and then she puts her lightsabers into the ground and then oh boy spins, spins them with the force. force oh man i can't even get a bottle of wine open look what she's doing oh my goodness yeah that was absolutely insane like and then yeah oh 
And in the immediate aftermath of that, where they drop down a level and they're like, oh, right, we sent half these guys down yeah. to this level. And they both just kind of have this exhausted, like, okay, let's keep going. Yeah, and so they um, release the, what is it, Clone Wars Rewatch on YouTube? Download, Download on YouTube. Yeah, I just and watched it. During the Ahsoka Mall fight, when she's like breathing and then, you know, f- jumps through the stained glass window to fall after mm-hmm. him. Um, Dave says that that was to show that it's taking a toll on her and that Maul is the better fighter, is the more seasoned fighter, but he's overconfident, which is Ahsoka's, to Ahsoka's benefit. It's not that Ahsoka is so much stronger than him or a better fighter. She's just Mm -hmm. more controlled, which is why she has the upper hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. I think the quote he used was like he knew Maul had to lose, but he didn't want it to be easy for Ahsoka. Right, and which is why you have that. I do beat. enjoy that at various points they're showing that this is taking. You know, it's not like she has a ton of plot armor on. Where like you know, Kila Mundi, it gets taken out within like what thirty seconds. He lasts the longest. <laughs> I'll give him that. <laughs> right. Um, you know, he doesn't think the force jump granted, you know, this is all being thrown on him. She doesn't have the foresight of being connected and being on this bridge and having that extra 30, 45 seconds and the Rex relationship. But I, I, I like that mm-hmm. they're showing her, you know, be fatigued. She, you know, it takes a lot out of her to try and stop Maul. It takes a lot out of her to, you know, have to climb and dodge at the same time, um, when she's on that mm-hmm. rope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boy, boy, this action sequence this week. Yeah, let's talk about Maul's involvement in the series finale of Clone Wars. Um, he's really become, I mean, you have to say, I mean, just by his presence here, uh, a main figure in this show, despite, you know, when this show aired, he was dead and cut in half the bottom of a bottomless pit. Um, but like Palpatine after him, he, he, he managed to survive that. Um, real small part here. He has like one or two lines of dialogue, and I guess it's thinking about it is it was sort of fitting in that I suspect for a while this is going to be um the the last we see of this era of Star Wars, and you know Darth Maul is a bookend. He is. You know, he is Phantom Menace. He is series finale of Clone Wars now, which is, I mean, that's that's this era. Um, so it's, I found it interesting that he was included here, given that it, you know, Rex and Ahsoka are the, are the I guess, main driving force of the action. But, um, you know, I don't know. I was just curious. Um, I think his, his I, I think curious. his line. I didn't think he. I didn't think he'd still be I think around. His line at this was point. like, "What? This is this is you asked for chaos, and this is what you got." Yeah, you yeah. wanted chaos. Yeah, I think he made grunt or yell also at another point. Um, yeah, him uh, going into the hyperdrive uh, was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Off to solo a Star Wars. You have story. to imagine, like, is he getting a power bump or a power boost from? all of the Jedi being destroyed and the dark side being so powerful from like Sidious and Anakin. Like, you know, it's, it's not like we don't really yeah. know how like the force works, right? Like they all become weaker or whatever, but I'm sure that they're become like, there's some way that 
that makes sense. It's interesting that you're saying that because now my mind is immediately extrapolating. And we have precedent in uh, Attack of the Clones or I think Attack of the Clones where they say that, you know, the dark side of the force is clouding the Jedi's judgment and clouding their ability to predict things and to see into the future and stuff like this. And so we have precedent for, you know, a, a rise in the dark side affecting um, the Jedi's sort of uh, spiritual cognitive abilities or some such. And so you would have to think that inversely a rise in the dark side would um, proliferate those abilities in a Sith or in someone in touch with the dark side, which could explain why it is Maul who is able to perceive what's going on with Anakin and that with this rise in the dark side and dark side force energies and things like this, he is maybe not more physically powerful, but uh, more more in tune with the force and able to able to perceive these things through the force because his you know horse is winning the race at that particular moment. Um, have you, well, you haven't really been on Twitter. There have been people showing like, why is it always the villains that have the foresight and do the warning? And like, people are sharing like the Mortis, um, the sun, like, you know, telling Mm Obi-Wan, telling Ahsoka what's happening and then them just ignoring and Maul doing in a similar vein, the same situation. I would say that I haven't looked at any of this stuff on Twitter. So who am I? But I think antagonists are more primed to see the worst in people and are more primed to leap on any, any um, shortcoming in a hero than a hero is. Yeah, definitely true. You know, I think a hero and a villain presented with the same information about a third hero, you know, the hero is more inclined to give a hero the benefit of the doubt where the villain is more inclined to be like, yep, see, I was right. And everything's awful. And so are you, you're no hero. And to follow those threads more. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, we, you, you know, we talked about, I mentioned it on the, on the you know, previous episode that it was, it was curious to me that it was Maul that uh, had those visions. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of makes sense to me. And I, his appearance in this episode also kind of is elevated for me. I just found the whole scenario of this episode with, I guess we'll say the three of them, Maul, Ahsoka, and Rex, on this Republic Star Destroyer doomed to collide into a planet. Like, the ship is doomed, everyone on it is doomed, and you have essentially four parties here, Rex, Ahsoka, Maul, and the clones, under the Order 66, grappling with this, and it kind of becomes a microcosm of this entire period in the Star Wars mythos, and of this entire conflict, where you have the conflict that's in front of your face, which is Order 66, Kill the Jedi. These are traitors. Mm-hmm. Shoot them. We'll die. They'll die. Whatever. Who cares? And, you know, like this Republic cruiser, everyone involved in this conflict, Jedi and, and clones and all of them alike, they, they crash into smithereens. But you have these few individuals. You have your Soka. You have Rex. You have Maul. And it's, they represent sort of a, a subsect of who, who escapes this? Who survives this sprawling conflict and how and why? And it's these sort of outsiders that are just a step or two, in, in Rex's case, you know, just a step or two, or in Ahsoka and Maul's case, largely removed from the constructs and from the direct conflict in front of their face. You know, uh, I don't know. I found it 
very poetic. And I like it a lot as a summation of um, kind of the downfall of the Republic and, you know, the short sightedness that brought it down. I thought it was, uh, yeah, very affecting. I mean, it's a, it's a cool scenario just in and of itself. Um, but I found it particularly potent given its placement in the Star Wars, you know, history. So, well, uh, I mean, we'll have to place this in a larger context when we do, like, the recap of the season. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely also want to look at episode three after this. Um, the only... I, I rewatched it immediately after, but I didn't... I wasn't really giving it my all. I wasn't really super focused. Yeah, so. I the only thing I didn't yeah. I didn't I had had to go on with the rest of my day. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna check out episode three, um, and episode nine because it just came out on um, Disney Plus. But and I will say, if you go to the bonus section on episode nine, there that that two hour making of documentary is on oh, Disney that's Plus awesome. as well. Skywalker Legacy. I would recommend that to folks who are looking for something uh, um, a little different to watch. I, I have to say that it's the mark of a good show that I immediately, you know, preparing for this um, and preparing for this finale to occur, I had to get more Rex. So I went on Disney Plus and I watched the mm-hmm. beginning um, bits and pieces of the, the Rebels arc that he's in and the you nice. know interaction nice. between Ahsoka and Rex, which is not as emotional as I wanted it to be, but it's not like, you know, that, that crew had right. an, an semblance of like what they went through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really interesting to watch a lot of those episodes because there are a number of reunions that take place in rebels where it's like, Oh, I now know when the last time you two characters saw each other and under what context. Um, and so those moments are going to be, a lot more loaded like, now. Because the Ahsoka uh, Rex one, for yeah, example, well, should be super interesting. Um, and that's that's in season two, and Leia is mm-hmm. there's the Leia cameo, and she's, you know, fifteen, sixteen, or something in that, which means, however old Ezra yeah. is, I guess. Um, because Luke is supposed to be in New Hope. Luke's like what, eighteen? I don't know. He's he. Nine, 19, 19 okay. right? Yeah, 19. It's 19 years from Avengers 6. So, you know, 16, 17, whatever, which means that it's been a decade plus for Ahsoka and Rex. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just something that... You know, I'm not, you know, trying to diss the Rebels cast whatsoever. You know, Dave is the same person that did it. Oh, God. But I'm just like... I was so emotionally attached. I'm like, I need to see when they're going to see each other again. And I'm like, Oh, thank God they get to see each other Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see a few more things I wanted to touch on. Speaking of rebels and going into rebels and stuff, I thought it was, uh, very fitting that they escape in a Y wing, which is kind of the Y wing itself is a vessel of transition Uh between these kind of two eras. You know, it occurs in a very early episode of clone wars um, we see them transition from their Clone Wars appearance to their New Hope appearance in Star Wars Rebels. You know, it's 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 a vehicle that literally transcends and bridges mm-hmm. these two eras. So that that is the ship that they escape in um, was was very fitting. I also kind of I really liked that aerial shot 
when they're panning over the the crushed or the crashed destroyer and they go up to the nose and then there's just a little y-wing parked in front of it i thought that was kind of a cool possible homage to one of those rise of skywalker posters where it had pose x-wing facing down a bunch of star destroyers i thought it was um, interesting okay it's a nice image i mean i don't know if it was intentional or not it was it was a very compelling image though um yeah, I don't. This whole just watching it the second time, I've been I've re-entered my kind of Clone Wars rewatch. I had been rewatching Clone Wars, I don't know, like a year ago. I got like a dozen or so episodes in, and then over the weekend, I started. I, I mm-hmm. picked up where I left off in in terms of chronological order. Um, I ended up watching that the very first Mandalorian arc today. The middle of season two introduces Satine and Pre Vizsla uh-huh. that that arc, and. It's very good. I texted you over the weekend that I was watching that episode landing at Point Rain, which I remembered as being fine. And then I'm watching it and I'm just like, holy crap, this is incredible. Um, but even even watching an episode like landing at Point Rain, there's still so much uh, advancement mm-hmm. in storytelling and in technology between like season two of Clone Wars and this episode. And I'm watching this finale again today. And I was just like, when did this show get so big? It just felt huge, which is, I mean, arguably, this is a bottle episode. Like, they're all trapped in a ship. They're in the same freaking cargo area Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, the loading dock for most of the episode. But it felt huge, and the characters felt huge. And there's these, you know, affections for Rex in particular, who I've always, you know, well, yeah, you know, Rex, but I never really thought much of him but over the course of these last episodes the bad batch arc and this arc i'm just like rex is incredible and ahsoka's probably my favorite star wars character and you know you got maul and these clones and it, it just felt massive it felt like it should be on imax I felt like you should be projecting this on a freaking building uh they really knocked it out of the park i mean it i don't know it just felt so freaking epic and sprawling and I guess it was a gradual um, expansion of of the scope of this show, because but it's very jarring going from you know watching an episode in season two where it's you know they're trapped on Satine's little mm-hmm. yacht and there's you know robot spiders running around to this episode. But man, they just all 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 cylinders knocked it out of the park here. Well. The the falling with the Y-Wing and Ahsoka, you know, running off of the cruiser mm-hmm. and then, you know, going in and out of debris and you see all these things happening in the background. It felt like the be- opening of episode three of, you know, seeing how grand it yeah. is, seeing this wider yep. scope. But it was all dedicated to one character in this small context. And it just shows, you know, mm-hmm. the production quality and just how much time and effort to make it look so good and have it on the same level Mm -hmm. as obi-wan and anakin you know trying to get into um grievous uh, grievous or dooku's ship i guess grievous is yeah grievous ship yeah grievous ship um yeah and it i mean i guess and i mean it is literally it's it's very similar to the opening episode three and that you have you know uh a big giant ship crashing into a planet. But yeah, I mean, even just you saying that now makes me think of just like, I guess it's probably the focus on Ahsoka, I suppose, but just this, uh, and not to pit 
pieces of Star Wars against each other, but I can't help but compare it to Episode Nine, in which you have, you know, the 5,000 bajillion Star Destroyers in the sky and all the ships in the world. But this, I mean, I, I when I was watching Rise of Skywalker, I was never like, wow, this is huge. But, like, Clone Wars with, you know, two named characters and one ship hurtling towards, towards a planet succeeded in that, you know, gosh, wow factor. Where I just, it just, I mean, again, it just it felt so big. I don't know. It was crazy. It felt sprawling. I felt huge and epic and momentous. If, uh, if, yeah, if yeah, we well done. Had no episode three. So like, if you're like a kid and this is this is it. Like this is all you've seen. Like you haven't seen it one episode one, two, and three. Mm. Like you're just watching the Clone Wars. Oh, then I'd be like, um, what the heck is that? It would. This would be massive. This would be. It, it, absolutely insane Mm -hmm. of a finale Mm -hmm. but within the context of like knowing where these characters are it kind of you know grounds you a little bit more for sure i would i would love to see you know and i'm sure there's tons of kids out there um that this is their access into star wars and they haven't watched all the movies yet because they're waiting for their parents or maybe they're just going through this because they have disney plus um, or they, you know, watch it through mm-hmm. Netflix or something like that. Um, and this is their Star Wars. Yeah, kids like me. Yeah, kids like Josh. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the very end then here, where we get that uh, slight flash forward, I guess. You know, Ahsoka and Rex leave the wreckage. They they leave in the Y wing after burying what what clones they can find in the debris. And then we flash forward, and we get Ahsoka and that poncho, which, of course, is an echo of another Love the animation poncho. finale. Big poncho boys over here. Made me guys well out. Her, oh, her we universe, are huge poncho. Hear it, all right? Um, Make it unisex, all right? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Not dude universe, um, so obviously you stay on brand, just, but... Or, look, just if you could make it for women with broad shoulders. Swimmers. Swimmers. Um, <laughs> I am watching this fresh off the Westworld se- season three finale, which also had a time jump at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. I don't know. I think I really enjoy that part of ending stuff with a time jump and just seeing. Yeah, Is I did. Like, enjoy it, it? it aging and stuff like okay. it's clearly been, a, a you know, some time has passed. Like they're on a moon, which doesn't look like it's super hospitable. So, you know, the paint is starting to mm. get off a little bit on when we see the seasons at least have changed. Yeah. Yeah. The seasons have changed. Um, and, Planet and seasons, Vader is clearly, you know, like he understands what has happened, but it's not, he's not to the emotional state of episode three where he's like, she was alive when I, when I, Last saw her. No, no, no. Yeah. He's not. Like, yeah. He's not hysterical. <laughs> she was alive. And I mean, we have proper stormtroopers. So, so some time has passed. It's such an understated ending because it, for as big as the show mm-hmm. gets in this episode, and as much as I just got done waxing poetic about how it's scope, this ending is so quiet and small and leaves so much up to you know your own uh, mm. imagination and empathy i guess in terms of what is actually occurring 
and I, I said last week that I think I thought the big thing I would want out of this episode is a sense of hope because I knew that this was going to be a very dark arc in, in this period in the, in the Star Wars mythos is a very dark time. And we didn't necessarily get any kind of overt message of hope like we do at the end of yeah, Revenge of the sure. Sith, at least, where we see, you know. Um, but we do get this image of Darth Vader with a blue lightsaber, which is something. And it's, I don't know, it's it's almost like the end is like that there is a little bit of Anakin Oh, see, I disagree. I disagree. There, even if it's not... Well, I would say even if it's not emotionally, like if you I don't look know. at if you look at this arc, you know, this is a four episode arc. The very like first seven minutes of the that episode, episode nine, is him over emotional, over anxious. You know, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Ahsoka, how have you been? Blah blah blah. Look at all the stuff I did for you. And then we fast forward to the very last scene of the show, to a cold, calculative like, okay seeing this and not having any reaction to it. Yeah, but I also think so much of Darth Vader is that that mask makes you have to put a lot of reading on what's going on. And I guess I would point you to Return of the Jedi right before he decides to throw Palpatine into a future where he ruins episode nine for me, where he's watching his son be tortured. And that is clearly having an emotional effect on him because he is about to do, I don't know, the second biggest thing he does in his life. But again, it's the map. I mean, you can only see so much. And I... What was the, the first one was the pod racing? Right, winning the Boone to Eve Classic. And then the third one um, was he won um, Game of the Week when he met Padme. It was like, are you an angel? Oh, see, I thought it was Jedi um, trivia um, with Kit Fisto and Ayla Sakura on Thursdays at Dex's Diner. That is actually fifth, right behind the big number four, which is getting rid of that horrible, horrible rat tail. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, I, I definitely get what you're saying. In terms of, you know, maybe it is showing that, that, you know, how far Anakin has fallen. But similar to two weeks ago when he had Ahsoka staring out of that dome and just the fact that that was the ending of an episode lent it a little extra significance. The fact that this entire series ends where it does and ends with the imagery it ends with. I have to, I have to read into it a lot. And uh, I mean, I'm not done reading into it. I'll probably be contemplating it for years to come. But to me, I put a lot of weight on the image of Darth Vader with a blue lightsaber and, and igniting that blue lightsaber. And well, I don't know, think about the there? characters that know. have been, you know, the staples of the show. You have Obi-Wan, you have Anakin, you have Ahsoka mm-hmm. and you have Rex. And you have Corky and and you have Corky and you have Lux Obi-Wan, I presume we're going to get all that info with the show. And we have episode three, so yeah. there's that. And then ah- Ahsoka and Rex, you know, they clearly want that to be ambiguous, to leave that open for more storytelling. So really, of the four characters, mm-hmm. you know, showing that Vader scene makes some sense to me. Now, obviously, I want a, you know, 
a la Rebels showing me how each of them ended up after and during episode six. But yeah, you want you want like at the end of American Graffiti where it rolls credits and it shows um, like the senior high school photos of each of the characters. And it's like Ahsoka went on to be, you know, treasurer of the United States. Rex went on to, you know, become a drunk. Anakin died at war. You wanted that. Um, yeah, just not as depressing. Or like at the end of uh, Animal House. You know, you know the trope I'm talking about. Um, yeah, you're just throwing movie after movie that I've definitely seen. Um, so, Josh, <laughs> what are some... Do you have any final um, hot takes for this last episode of Clone Wars? Uh, first, I would say I'm literally having a hard time paying attention to you and interacting with you as a responsible co-host on this podcast because I'm just sitting here thinking about that last scene, uh, which I think is a, a mark of a, a good finale and it leaves you thinking maybe. I don't know. I ooh, It really knocked it out of the park. Um, I would say the big thing I'm walking away with is for... What, you know, five or six years now, um, I've had, I've been able to kind of live in this pseudo space where Clone Wars was unjustly taken away from me and there is hope for more of it. You act like you're like like, like somebody slighted you as a child and like... In yeah. art, well, in I art was class, slighted. you would not believe what Rex did to my little diagram. Like two days before my yeah, birthday. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for, for the last, you know, five or so years, I've been able to live in this space where um, it's like, oh, man, Colmer's got, you know, unjustly taken away. And I'm sure it's something maybe Firefly flan- fans can relate to or, you know, some other show like that. Or I was like, oh, we never, we never got to finish a story. Oh, and I got to be mad about it. And I got to have hope that it would happen eventually. Like always in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's always, you know, maybe, maybe a live action or some other, you know. Um, and so it's not an ideal sort of limbo to live in with your favorite TV show. But, you know, it's the space I've been comfortable in with the last few years in regards to my relationship with this show. And, uh, I think pretty definitively, I, you know, it's a, it's over as Darth Vader was on screen. You know, there's no going back there's no more clone wars when you show Darth Vader. Um, uh, and so, you know, it's over now, which is crazy. It's all, it, it's, it's all is there beginning to end all the clone wars. We have them It's over. I can't imagine there being a revival and her you name know, is done. Ahsoka Skywalker and Palpatine now. Oh, my God. Freaking defenestrate me. Um, yeah, I don't know. What a ride it's been. I will say, you know, I'm, I'm re-watching all the episodes. A lot of these I haven't seen in a long time, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm enjoying a lot of the episodes that I think a younger me kind of just wrote off as like, ugh, filler. And there's still some of that in there. But, you know, I, I have a more... Uh, worldly view of it i guess but i don't know it's crazy clone wars is over and we got a podcast about it what so world? um listeners we'll we're gonna do one last episode of tono boys um and then we'll wait until they announce the ahsoka 
live action TV show spinoff from the Mandalorian. Uh, sure. And we'll do a recap mm-hmm. of season seven and the Clone Wars and stuff like that. Um, and then I'm sure, you know, we'll announce uh, what we're doing next as we're doing. We're doing freaking yeah, Disney, Disney Gallery. Gals. And this yeah, Mandalorian Mando's, making up um, thing. Gals. And, um, you know, galleries. Yeah, gallery. gallery. Disney um, Gallery. Great stuff. So if you'd like to get oh a hold of us. Pete and I haven't decided yeah. what we're doing next um, week. It's, it's this uncertainty is one of our favorite parts of the pod is and a very important part to air for the public. Yes. So if you want to get a hold of us, email podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and we're on Instagram. If we get to a hundred, I'm going to write fanfic. Please do not follow us on Twitter. He has already been writing it. So can you just, uh, follow yeah, us I've definitely wrote it, written it. So <laughs> I am looking forward to you making you be Ray this time. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. And I wonder how I'll do that. Oh, I mean, you have range, not as much as, well, apparently I, apparently I'm a little right, flat, but it's according like... to one reviewer, but that's fine. <laughs> according to one out of one reviewers, but like, will I do a British accent? I've never heard you do a British will accent. I do a... A, a woman's voice, you know, it's hard because sometimes I think, you know, you don't necessarily have to do an impression of a character to convey their characteristics. So I'm sitting here like, you know, am I going to do a butchered impression of Daisy Ridley or am I just going to put my heart and soul into the that, emotions and that, feelings? I mean, that's of, that, and that's what po boys uh, do. Right. You know, that's what they, they just throw all mm-hmm. of their energy and effort into it and then see what happens. So um, with that. Happy Star Wars Day, everybody. Wow. Goodbye, Clone Wars.